While we try to be as family friendly as possible here, there may be a few cuss words here and there. Listener discretion is advised. So to save our democratic republic, we have to stand up and protect our freedoms. We have to stand up and uphold and protect our constitution and our bill of rights. When I started this podcast, I mentioned I was interested in speaking with people that are contrarian. And if they're not full contrarians, maybe just downright interesting to talk to. Some of these people I had in mind are politicians or former politicians, but it seems a little unrealistic to actually speak to a politician. However, the politicians that I do find the most intriguing are usually ones that are interested in creating a third party. Here's a short list. Evan McMullen, who is currently running for election in the United States Senate to represent Utah and was an independent presidential candidate in 2016. Will Hurd, who I just learned about recently, was a U.S. representative for Texas's 23rd congressional district from 2015 to 2021. Tulsi Gabbard, U.S. representative for Hawaii's 2nd congressional district from 2013 to 2021. She's also the Democratic candidate in the 2020 United States presidential election. So that's two CIA officers and one U.S. Army officer. I don't know anyone in McMullen or Hurd's camp, but I do know at least one person that's a partial advocate of Gabbard's, and I know someone that used to intern for her. Now, I don't entirely agree with everything Gabbard does or says on social media. The Echo Review isn't co-signing all of her comments. However, she seems to espouse a unique perspective that was worth asking about for the purposes of citizen journalism. This led me to a few conversations. The first was with my friend Jonathan, who, among other things, has a New York Knicks podcast. So I heard you've got a New York Knicks podcast. Uh, yeah, thanks for asking. Um, it's uh, titled Still Knicks Fans uh, with Ron and John. I am actually a co-host for that uh, podcast. And a uh, good friend of mine, uh, Ron, is the main host of the show. Um, and yeah, it's a weekly recap uh, on our New York belo- beloved New York Knicks. Do you think they're going to take it this year? No. <laughs> no, not even close. So just a heads up, the conversation with Jonathan happened in January 2022. So it may be slightly dated, but nonetheless very relevant. Uh, well, Jonathan Ortiz, 43. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Uh, Hispanic American, Latino American. Um, I sort of uh, don't, um, you know, New Yorkian. Uh, family's from Puerto Rico. I was born and raised in, in, in Brooklyn, Bushwick, Williamsburg section of uh, New York. And uh, yeah, that's who I am. So you grew up around like artisan coffee shops and city bike, right? Yeah, well, I didn't grow up around it, but that's that's sort of the neighborhood that you see today. I grew up <laughs> in a neighborhood that was a little different than that. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> slightly, slightly, slightly uneasy. <laughs> slightly on the edge. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up, uh, I'm 43. So I grew up in, the, you know, in the 80s era uh, in Brooklyn, you know, and if anyone knows any sort of history around Brooklyn in the 80s, um, it was, uh, you know, for some, it was very dangerous. And for some, it just was a way of life. Right, right. So I'm speaking with you right now, because you're like a self proclaimed fan of Tulsi Gabbard, right? I am 
I am a supporter of Tulsi Gabbard. I wouldn't say a fan. I am, I am by no means am I a stan, if, if you know what I'm getting at. Right, right, right. <laughs> and that's, that's like- those, those of you who are not hip hop fans, uh, <laughs> that's what you reference individuals who are uh, Eminem fans or, you know, fans of a, a particular person and sort of uh, go over the top with it. I am not an over the top. Uh, Tulsi supporter. I am a Tulsi supporter, though. I do agree with a lot of her views. What's her appeal? What's her appeal? Yeah. Well, her appeal is that she's first and foremost uh, in the military. She's currently serving in the military. She does not sway left or right. Speaks on uh, her beliefs, but, uh, and those beliefs are sort of guided by, you know, her and her sort of fact checking and just. Uh, checking in and making sure she's well-read and well-versed on what she's speaking on. What's her appeal to someone like you? I know you just mentioned like military and the fact checking, but I mean, like, I guess more on a more personal level, what do you, what are the the finer aspects of her career that you find appealing or what she says that that you find? Well, she's not, she's not afraid to call people, call call it like it is. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, I grew up in, like I said, in the, in the eighties era in Brooklyn and pretty much we call a spade a spade. You know, that's just what it is. You know, if if you walk and talk and act a certain way, that's who you are. Um, you know what I mean? We got to take you at your word. And that's um, and that's sort of her. That's what what is appealing to appealing to me from what I see from her. She sort of uh, she walks it how she talks it. You know what I mean? Right. So like perception is reality. Well, perception is reality. I mean, to a certain degree. Right. I mean, it's not necessarily perception because perception, you could you could you could falsify perception. Right. You can you can you can you can act like a millionaire, not be a millionaire. Right. But I'm saying walk the walk and talk, talk. Right. So that means you you play by the set of those rules. If you tend to lean a certain way just because you want to get by in life or you want to get looked at a certain way, it's going to it's going to inevitably show itself. And then you're going to have to speak to that. So for me, it's just like I, I I admire individuals who walk that who walk that straight line and sort of don't care about what other individuals uh, how other individuals perceive them. You get what I'm saying? Like if you if if you're an individual and you I don't know what the good a good analogy would be, but let's just say for for instance Tulsi Gabbard. Tulsi Gabbard is a known Democrat, right? But she does she's not afraid to call out her own party when when she sees things that are going wrong and when she sees that her party is sort of involved in things they shouldn't be involved in um you know what i mean acts of war or um you know things of that nature um you know corruption she'll see speak on it and she isn't afraid to be to be to stand out on on her own uh behalf you know what i mean she can stand on she'll stand out and be that one individual who's standing there front and center and she's not afraid of the smoke. So you got to admire someone like that, especially a young, brave woman like she is. Um, do you think that's why she didn't receive the presidential nomination? No, I think it's, I think there are, I, my personal belief is there are other reasons why she wasn't accepted by the Democratic Party as a whole. And again, a lot of it is about who you, uh, Sort of who you who you work with in the Democratic Party, like who if you're if you're if you're going against the conglomerate, you're never going to win. Uh, they're going to make it their business to to try to shut you down, and that's pretty much what she was up against. Especially if you right, call out, right. you know, Hillary Clinton. She's been posting a slew of videos on her social media accounts. Right. I believe you sent me one. 
Mm-hmm. What do you think? I feel like this. I mean, do you think this is the the right play right now? Move right now, going further against party lines, kind of airing out current administration. Yeah, I mean, you have to call out when individuals are wrong. I mean, she has a right as a as a American, you know, and as a, a person who is serving in the military to fight for the freedoms that she has put her life on the line for. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she she's right now an admiral, you know, a, a top member of a military um, and is also been in politics and is, is willing to call it out for what it is. You know, I mean, when you look at the policies that are that, that this current administration is um, pushing forth, it isn't exactly the is exactly the opposite of what they had uh, ran their campaign on. So why not call that out? Why not um, also highlight the sort of problematic issues that you see? You know, I mean, we're talking about we're, we're basically talking about, I mean, what she spoke Russia and our beef with Russia and how that intertwines. And at the end of the day, if if, if things get out of hand, you know, we're talking about two nuclear powerhouses and no one wants to see that happen. As a matter of fact, we won't be able to see it happen because we'll be all dead. So for me, for for her to for her to speak out on that is basically just trying to share with with the American people the truth. It's like, hey, take a look at what's going on here. Like, don't don't let don't let corporate media sway your opinion on what's right and what's wrong. And that's basically what she's saying. And and most Americans get swayed really easily because they don't tend to look outside of their norm, right? They're not looking, especially in politics, they're not looking for any news regarding politics anywhere other than CNN and WNBC or Fox News. And like, you have to go outside the source sometimes. And I know what I said to you, uh, Jordan, was um, sort of a snippet from uh, Fox uh, because she was on and she was speaking, I forget to whom, but... Um, you got to go outside the box. Even Al Jazeera is, is sort of corporate these days, you know, so you have to really, really be careful. And, and sort of, I would say if you're, if you're into politics, um, be open to hearing all sides. You know what I mean? Don't be persuaded by anything, but do your own research. And once you do your own research, you could come up with your own conclusion. And that's basically how I, that, and that's one of the reasons why um, I sort of have a, like, I have a liking, you know, for, for Tulsi Gabbard and her position. To clarify Ortiz's comments, Tulsi Gabbard is currently a lieutenant colonel in the U.S. Army Reserve, and Ortiz did raise some interesting points. I decided to take it a step further and reach out to a friend of mine, David Park. He took a while to respond due to his hectic schedule in public service, but he came around to speaking to me sometime in April. David Park is not his real name. It's an alias, but he was an excellent source to talk to. In his own words, here's a little bit about himself. All right, hi, my name is David Park. I was an intern for the Congressional Office for Tulsi Gabbard from January 2020 until uh, late October when her office shut down. And I primarily worked on basically intern stuff, a lot of research, memo writing. Um, we joined first joined the office back in January. We were um, asked to give like our interest areas. So um, I had environmental, economic issues, military issues. Since we're doing the National Defense Authorization Act that year, I really want to be in on that for editing and seeing what how our office can contribute to that. And coming from Hawaii, a lot of my background interest comes from the environment. I live heavily in support defending and preserving the natural beauty of our country. And being part of the office, which really supported that, kind of was a great experience. 
But that's me. So what do you have for me, Jordan? Did you wholeheartedly believe in her in Tulsi Gabbard's brand of politics? I don't know. Uh, what I liked about her office and her as a, as a politician is that she wasn't really cookie cutter. Because what I noticed, at least kind of growing up and being around politics, I've seen a lot of people kind of fit the party kind of mold. They kind of hold all the same beliefs of their party. They didn't really pick and choose based on what they thought was right. And so uh, a big thing that stuck out to me was Tulsi Gabbard was extremely against, she was in the military, obviously, but she was extremely against foreign wars. She thought of them as like, useless for wasting our, our resources and the lives of our, of our service members and damaging our reputation abroad as like a moral arbitrator of what's good. And I'm not sure I can stand behind everything she says, but she, she's, she, I think she's kind of changed over like the last year, kind of more cementing her beliefs. And now that she's out of politics for sure. But for the most part, I think she did was right, what was right or what she thought would be right, at least how we, like, the military defines it as something that's ethical and efficient. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have any um, beliefs that stood out to me as morally unsupportable, like un- unbelievable. Everything she did, she had an argument for, which I could get behind. Got it. Um, do you think she understands something that her competitors, like other Democratic politicians, don't understand, at least about middle America? I pick my battles. I don't have to like fit the mold of the party. I pick what I believe is right. I, I pick things case by case. Like, she, a big thing was protecting the environment and renewable energy because of the defense of national security. It's more, it's, it's better for our country long-term. And she's very much protecting the jobs of our, our people. It's, I'm not sure it's more that she thought so like she knew something different that the other Democrats didn't. And more so she wasn't just there to hold on to power. She wasn't there just for a job or, or to, to be in Congress. I knew about, a little bit about her history, obviously. I worked in her office. She joined, she was elected to the first the state government, the state legislature in the early um, 2000s. And she kind of worked her way up through kind of a grassroots movement. So she never really had that until the presidential election or her campaign in the um, 2020 election. She wasn't really that pushy towards middle America. But she, she always revolved back to representing the interests of her constituents in Hawaii. Got it. Got it. Sorry, it wasn't too helpful, though. Oh, no. That, that, I mean, we're just having a conversation. I mean, did your experience um, in turning, did it influence, like, how you view middle America or, like, I guess, like, swing states? Or even just, in general, how do you understand, like, presidential elections? No, I think I got more bitter. Like, my, my whole experience in her office turned me off in politics. That's what that's man, that sounds kind of crappy, but like right now, I, I love politics. I have other career path right now. I still I'm out for my whole I'm still pursuing public service, but to the purely political side like in the legislature, I don't believe is I feel jaded. Uh, for her campaign itself, she, I saw that she was kind of trying to reach out to kind of bridge the divide, I guess. She appealed a lot towards Republicans who were kind of bitter with the public establishment. She put some Democrats who were more um, socially conservative, but it didn't work out because at least from what I see, our system is sends down two parties. It's hard to do be something different that's fit one of the extreme molds. Even if you have public support behind it, you won't have enough popular support or electoral support to make it far for that high of an office. Right. Well, I felt there were a lot of dismissive attitudes towards her and her campaign, even till now. Do you, would you agree? Oh yeah, um, people didn't really take her seriously. So I was like, I saw a lot of the news articles because um, part of my job was helping the press secretary and compiling news clippings just so that the congresswoman knew what the public was talking about her. Because public perception is a big part of the job, and people all far right extremists, Russian advocate, Russian troll, Russian hack. All those things popped up during the campaign. And actually, if I recall correctly, she, this her campaign was during the. Um, the impeachment trial, if I recall correctly, and was that two years ago? I think I'm losing track of time, but she was um, kind of, she was vocally supportive for trying to get better relations with Russia at the time. And this, I guess folks don't like that. It, it, I guess the whole, 
back to me said by middle America, I still jaded. Because uh, the swing states in general, like people aren't that informed because we got a lot of callers and I was junior staff and I had to answer phone calls. A lot of people would start yelling at us about things that weren't relevant or things that the contract didn't do or didn't say or have far off beliefs. Is uh, even I feel uninformed myself currently because I've been kind of staying out of politics for the last year. But back then, it was pretty uh, pretty bad. Did you do you know the full story? Uh, like like I remember she was uh, like one of the like she was elected into Congress and then I think uh, then she well, so she, she started she started um so she started back in the state Hawaii state house representative so in, like the Hawaii local legislature. So in two thousand two, like she ran, she won. And then in 2003, she joined um, the Hawaii National Guard as a medic. She got deployed to Iraq, and she eventually went to um, OCS, actually. through um, I think it was like the, a guard OCS. She went through an like, accelerated program, got commissioned, and became a military police officer. Yeah. And I, she's currently, I think, lieutenant colonel. But she, I, she only joined, like, she joined Congress in, I think, the 2012 election. Before that, she was in the city council and like local politics. Right. So right. I still lost, still... I say it's still a short time Congress terms. I think what was that? Eight years, maybe about eight years. Right. It's basically like one full two term office for president. So she's, so what you're saying, she's relatively like new to like this area of politics. Yeah. More, more, she's not new, but she's not as career politician as other um, senators or uh, congressmen. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, yeah. You're right. You're right. No, you're, you're right about that. You're right. Like that's like, she's like, um, She's kind of an outlier in that sense. You know what I mean? That's why like, your friend was saying about leading from the front. Like she was in politics and she's like, I need to join. I need to do something. And yeah. so she joined the guard. She volunteered to deploy, even though she couldn't rear, rear, like rear attachment. But she didn't. She went ahead with that. Yeah. And I mean, I give her a lot of credit for like, I mean, when you're assigned to like an MP unit, like you're, you know, you're doing like, like infantry adjacent stuff. Like that's a pretty like hardcore thing to do. You know, well, she's like, actually not- got it. I'm sorry for interrupting, but like when I was I, when we we're still working for her in twenty um twenty twenty, she still had to go to her annual training. She had to go to um, I'm sure they're still considered deployments. Uh, she went overseas for um training missions with um, our partner countries. Mm. So she was gone for part, part of the time when she was in Congress, and her staff had to hold down the fort and um try to help her get things done. Still, kind of mainly staying on Fox News for most of her public um kind of news interviews. And that really appealed to like part of the like kind of the base Republican um, like voting like the voting base, but it didn't really reach out to like the party she was a part of. Not a lot of them are, like, at least from I've seen for statistics, not a lot of time are, not, not a lot of Democratic voters watch Fox News. Right, but see that's the thing though is that it's like if she, if a majority of people in in I guess Middle America watch Fox News, right? Or I mean they're like the what the highest rated. Um, let me, let me look this up. Highest rated news network. I recall seeing like a, like a heading about that. Fox is one of the most popular, most watched uh, news um, channels in like the country. Yeah. yeah. According to Statista, Fox News was the most watched news network in the United States, surpassing MSNBC and CNN for primetime viewers in early 2022. So her thinking isn't wrong. I actually, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she's onto something here, you know, that doesn't mean everyone watching Fox news agrees with what, you know, Fox news is saying. So we'll just kind of, you know, watch just to like, see what, how other people think, you know, or what other people think about certain, certain um, current events, you know, I mean, so we'll just leave Fox news on, on the, 
in their office or something like that. You know, like, you know, you go to like a doctor's office and just have Fox news on, or you go into like, uh, you know, like a, a hospital, it's just on in like the lobby, <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But I, I think it speaks to like what people are willing to tolerate or consume um, as far as news is concerned. And I think she might've, you know, I think she would, I think I actually think it was a smart approach. Now, I think like she could have also stood to be more on like, say like, I don't know, front and center on um, like CNN, maybe, you know, do you think she needs to tackle MSNBC? Yeah, perhaps, you know what I mean? But I don't think she's wrong for, for wanting to be on Fox news, you know? Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's just my take though. Cause it's like, yo, you want, you want, you, you want America to, to love you. You got to do the things that America loves. Right. Or if you want America to care about you, you got to be where America is willing to put their attention spans. Right. I think it was just a wrong year or a bad year for her, a bad election cycle. Like for the 2020 election, it was kind of Donald Trump versus not Donald Trump. From a lot of people I've talked to about why. Well, I mean, 2016 Biden. was like that too, right? Yeah. I mean, like those both years <laughs> were not a good year to run for either side. Like either you're Trump or not Trump. It kind of media focused so much on that. It's hard for someone who's different. Like even like Andrew Yang or, or uh, Tulsi Gabbard, it's hard for them to stick out when the main focus is, hey, can they beat Trump, as all people talked about, or all people cared about? Sounds about right for the Echo Review. There are two things that came to mind. One, I'd probably be talking to these two again in the future. Two, there seems to be more and more people who I run into that don't identify wholeheartedly along party lines. The thoughts and opinions of our guests on this podcast are their own. They don't necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the Echo Review. We also want to remind everyone that although we do our best to be balanced citizen journalists here, you should always seek out factual information from official sources. This episode was produced by me, Jordan YR. This is a pen name. The clip you heard at the beginning was from a video posted on Tulsi Gabbard's YouTube channel that was posted on April 14th, 2022, entitled, This is How Those in Power Think. Editing and engineering is provided by Joan Martinez. She's pretty awesome. Music that you hear at the beginning is by Atom Ra, also an awesome person. You can follow The Echo Review on Instagram and TikTok, at The Echo Review.